coming at you live from Los Angeles, California, in Endless Kitchen. It's the Unlucky Genius Podcast, where we talk about race, feminism, and whatever the hell we want. I'm Justin Gudger. And I'm Emma Spees, in awe of Justin's energy during that intro. <laughs> he just went right in. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was outside uh, smoking a cigarette, which I deeply regret right now, but... Uh, I was thinking about that intro the whole time. Very good. Yeah. You've had some. You've had some strong coffee too. Yeah, that the, this Trader Joe's. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get them to sponsor us if if <gasps> if, oh. uh, if about race is going to be sponsored by Starbucks. Yeah. We can be sponsored by Trader Joe's. There is no other like large company that I would rather be sponsored by than Trader Joe's. Mm. So anyway. Justin's in Los Angeles right now. The nomadic musician strikes again. Hooray drop. Um, How do you like L.A., Justin? I I heart L.A. Mm. Um, I'm probably going to buy T-shirts that say that in many different colors and wear them all the time, especially when I'm in L.A. So That won't look tacky at all. Permanent tourist status. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we went to the beach yesterday, and that was a great place to be. I saw the ocean. It was beautiful. I, uh, tricked Justin into ruining his shoes. Yes, the ocean came up and tried to steal my shoes, but they were attached <laughs> to my body, so all that happened was I got cold, got cold feet, but only in a literal sense. Um, <laughs> I, it did not scare me away. <laughs> But uh, here uh, we are. So, yeah, Emma. yes, sir. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> sir is is my is my dad. I don't know why that comes out of my mouth sometimes. Only ironically, I I, I never say sir seriously. So I'm, I'm I have no respect for you, even if I call you sir. Oh, okay, I'm just joking. So the, the the underlying lack of respect is understood. Yeah. I'm mocking you by calling you sir, actually. I quit. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> Justin's going to go roam the streets of Los Angeles until Tuesday. <laughs> oh, God. So what are we talking about today? Well, there um, there's some breaking news um, in the, the world of reproductive health that I want to just bring up quickly. There's not much to say um, because I think it's pretty clear that this is just uh terrible and shameful it's breaking bad news oh my god that has to be a permanent segment (laughs) i love that so uh yesterday um which was friday the 18th um the house passed two bills limiting abortion access um one um would strip federal health care funding from planned parenthood for a year well, the government ostensibly does some kind of uh, investigation into the claims, which we know are false, that Planned Parenthood was selling fetal tissue and body parts. I mean, I think most of our listeners know that, like, the videos were bullshit. They were heavily, heavily edited, selectively edited, which, as Justin knows from learning how to edit podcasts, is pretty easy to do. Yes, it is, it is very easy to put words in people's mouths, um, whether that be, you know, with video or just straight up audio uh, files. 
So we 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 know that this is bullshit, and um, we actually uh, saw this saw a pretty good example yesterday. You showed you showed me what was that? Right. It was um, it was ultraviolet. Um, I don't know if it was a video or an audio file. I suspect that it might be an audio file, edited um, to make it appear that Mike Huckabee produced the videos and was admitting that they were fake and was being interviewed by Sean Hannity, who later um, um, started talking about munchies. Welcome back to Hannity. The Center for Medical Progress just released a new damn video today showing Governor Mike Huckabee negotiating the sale of aborted fetus organs. <laughs> and this time, the negotiation actually took place on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and it sounded real listening to it. It sounded like it, it, you wouldn't have known that it was edited unless you maybe knew how to edit and you know how, how heavily edited audio files sound. Yes, the uh, an average listener might not. Yeah, the, the cuts are, are very, very subtle, and you have to um, you have to really know what a cut in a video or audio file sounds like, and really be listening for it, even once you know what it sounds like, mm -hmm. to be able to tell. Um, even videos that are honestly edited have these cuts in them, so that kind of that kind of throws you off as well. Right. Um, and let me just say really quickly, because I said ultraviolet, but I didn't explain what that is. If anybody's interested, ultraviolet um, is a feminist advocacy organization. Um, their website is weareultraviolet.org. Uh, They're they, the ones who produce the video. Are they called that because they, they shed light on the truth in the same way that the sun does? I assume, yes, that is, uh, that is what they do. They... Um, their, their, their sort of motto is equality at a higher frequency. So anyway, back to the, the bill though. The Planned Parenthood funding bill passed um, 241 to 187. Um, Vomit drop. <laughs> almost all Republicans supported the bill and then two Democrats as well, two conservative Democrats. I'm actually surprised that it wasn't more Democrats because centrists and conservative Democrats tend to be very anti-choice. But um, there was also a bill passed yesterday called, and this is like major vomit drop. Just Justin's gonna throw up all over the place, so everybody get ready. <laughs> the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. That is, that is disgusting. That bill would impose criminal penalties <laughs> on medical personnel who fail to aid an infant born after an attempted abortion. Like, I don't even know how to emphasize how f infrequently that happens. That is a fucking fantasy that that happens. Um, just like the fan, I can't remember which, which politician it was who claimed that when fetuses are aborted, they're screaming, but the amniotic fluid covers up their vocal cords. And so the mean old doctors who are murdering them can't hear them scream, which is complete bullshit. Total, total bullshit. So, you know, anti-choicers have these fantasies. They, they like to fucking fantasize about, you know, these murderous doctors and like these murderous whore women who just want to kill their babies. And it's, it's pretty gross. That's what all this is. Um, the funding though, if the, the defund Planned Parenthood Act passes, um, and is, well, it passed, if it's signed into law, 
all the funding would be redirected to clinics that don't offer abortion services, presumably crisis pregnancy centers, which are a whole other fucking level of bullshit. They're usually run by, by religious, private religious organizations. They offer no medical services at all. All they offer is a base, basically a drugstore pregnancy test. You know, they'll do an ultrasound and they'll give you a picture of your fetus. And they offer, you know, they'll give you some prenatal vitamins. But they don't offer well woman checkups. They don't offer cancer screenings, STI screenings. Definitely no birth control or abortion services. Um, they're popping up everywhere. And they've gotten in some legal trouble in the past for false advertising because they will advertise that they provide abortion services. But then women come in and are preached to and scolded and lied to. And um, they, I don't think that they've ever gotten in serious enough trouble to where they can't advertise that way. But they're essentially, they're essentially lying about what they provide. Anyway, my guess would be that the funding would be redirected to those types of places. But the good news in all of this, um, this, this clusterfuck of bullshit, is that these bills will probably not be signed into law. Um, the Senate Democrats will either filibuster both measures, as they've done in the past, um, and President Obama has indicated that he would veto both bills. So that's good news. It is very disheartening, though, to me, that what is clearly a hoax perpetrated by professional liars and woman haters, like, got this far, that it got to the highest level of our government. Yeah. I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised. Albert Camus said the human heart has such stubborn hope or something like that. And I guess I always hope that, you know, that people are going to see through this crap. And, you know, a lot yeah. of them just don't. Yeah, I mean, the world is made of shit, and we want it to be a better place, but it's not. Not yet. What I would say, like, you know, if this is a concern to anyone listening, you know, write your congressperson. Um, there are all sorts of uh, ways that you can, um, you can help Planned Parenthood. And they definitely need, um, they definitely need in certain states and will perhaps need in all states private donations to keep going. So I know a lot of our listeners are young and in school and probably don't have a lot of money. But, you know, it would be a, probably a good way if you want, want to, you know, help um, this organization, $10, $20, whatever, um, anything, anything can help. And in Arkansas, Louisiana, and, and Alabama, the state governments have already defunded Planned Parenthood. So in those states, the organization is surviving on private support rather than government support, which it's never had to do. And just to remind everyone, 97% of Planned Parenthood services have nothing to do with abortion. They are cancer screenings, well woman checkups, um, STI tests, um, and birth control. They give birth control um, to patients. But, you know, um, that, sh that shouldn't have anything to do with it, frankly. It, it, it adds to the ridiculousness of it. But of course, since abortion should be, should be legal, uh, it's a constitutional right, um, it shouldn't even matter um, how many abortions Planned Parenthood provides. So um, if it concerns you, you know, look into signing petitions, look into making donations, and just keep your eyes on the story. It's pretty yeah. fucked up. Write some letters, make some phone calls. Fuck some shit up. Fuck some shit up. Yeah, let's, let's bully these assholes into not bullying women anymore. 
Amen. Sometimes you gotta bully the bully. And they're so stupid, they'll believe anything. I mean, Louis Gohmert pulled the Old Testament out of his ass. Oh, <laughs> um, and started talking about some, uh, some bullshit about women boiling their babies. And he used that as a le- like what he thought was a legitimate claim for abortion being illegal. <laughs> yeah, and like what, what does that have to do with any goddamn thing? It doesn't have dick to do with anything. It doesn't. He just wants everyone to know that one time he read a summary of something that happened in the Old Testament. I don't think that guy could actually read like the King James Bible. I don't think the literacy level is there. Yeah. Um, so that, that guy from what Georgia? I it's somewhere stupid. Well, I don't sure. know Alabama or Texas <laughs> or somewhere. Well, I'm from Mississippi. I can't really talk. And I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> suggestions well if you make a suggestion that isn't stupid we'll talk about it <laughs> we might talk about your stupid suggestions as well you just called like all of the listeners stupid i think no not not everybody it's <laughs> just a lot of them. <laughs> um you know you're all beautiful snowflakes um you're stupid <laughs> stupid snowflakes so uh no we had a, a wonderful suggestion um and that suggestion was um, that we talk about contradictions and expectations and inner struggles in feminism, um, which is obviously a huge topic to handle. And it's something that we can come back to and will be coming back to um, on later episodes. Yes, and I am sorely underprepared for this, having a penis and just generally being a dipshit <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, Emma take the reins on this one well but I just... think that the penises need to be involved in the conversation you know just like the white people the white idiots have to be involved in conversations about race okay I just I just don't want to you know I don't want to dick this conversation up and down with your dick. With my <laughs> we should stop talking about Justin's penis. It's <laughs> getting I think weird. <laughs> we're really getting off on a on a bad on a bad start here. <laughs> so, I was thinking about this topic yesterday, and I was thinking about a way to kind of frame it. Um, and what kept coming to mind, there were a couple of things when I was thinking about contradictions um, in feminism. Um, I was thinking about the debate, conversation, whatever you want to call it, that's been happening for a really long time about the place that sex work has um, in feminism, um, really in the world in general, but how feminists talk about um, sex work and sex workers, because there are two pretty heavily divided camps, you know, in that conversation. And, you know, one of them obviously is the branch of feminism that 
you know, recognizes that sex work industries, whether it's pornography or, uh, or stripping or prostitution, um, are run by men. Men benefit financially from them more than women. They benefit because women are working for them. So they're very heavily stratified patriarchal structures, typically. Certainly they're like madams and like, like women do kind of, you know, have some power, but they tend to be run by men. And um, women who, who work in various um, parts of the sex work industry, I guess, are, are generally not wealthy. They're not stable financially. And that speaks to the, the problematic elements of that. So feminists critique that, you know. They critique the structures themselves and they also critique what they sort of think of as the degrading act of stripping or having sex for money and deny that it empowers women um, and point out, you know, it's just, it. I mean, degrading is the word that tends to come up. Mm. Um, so there's a moral critique as well. Um, then there is an entirely opposed branch of feminism in which you know, sex work is considered empowering. It's considered uh, personally, kind of psychically, and financially empowering. And interestingly, when I hear that argument made, it is almost always women who make that argument. And I don't really know what to say about that. Mm -hmm. You know, you just don't hear men ever say, oh, you should just, you should start working as a stripper because it's so empowering for you, you know? and. This also feeds into the pro-porn, anti-porn um, conversation in feminism, you know, getting a little bit more specific. That is, you know, very, very kind of like hot, is a hot topic in feminism right now. <laughs> uh, the pro-porn, anti-porn, um, and like, can there be feminist porn? So when I was thinking about the idea of like, of, of contradictions and of debates and, and arguments and everything within feminism, that was the first thing that came up. Um, do you have anything to say about that? Well... Man, man dude, dude, guy with the penis? <laughs> well, I certainly think that for any individual, an act that uh, one has chosen to participate in or, or commit can be empowering in its own way. Although, when it comes to oppressed people attempting to... Um, participate in, in something that has been historically or traditionally uh, degrading or, you know, uh, a part of an institutionalized form of, of oppression such as the patriarchy or uh, racism for that matter, it becomes more complicated because uh, we live in a culture where I think both judgments can be simultaneously true. You know, like a person, a woman can, can strip and be empowered by that, but at the same time, she is more than likely being exploited um, by others. She's empowered within an oppressive system. Yes, so I, I think those two ideas aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. No, I think, I'm glad that you brought up like the question of whether those things actually are contradictory. Mm. Um, or if they are contradictory, like whether or not they can be reconciled. It is, it is to participate in a culture in which people are, are taught, are, are trained to look at women a certain way. And whether or not uh, an individual uh, woman is empowered or feels empowered by her actions 
externally she's going to be treated and seen in the same way regardless uh, and, I, and I guess that brings, uh, brings up the question of whose judgments matter the most or matter at all. I also wonder whether any individual person should take into consideration the judgments of you know, other feminists or mm. uh, society at large when making these types of decisions. Mm -hmm. Because I, th I think at the heart of it all, the, the ultimate goal is for the right to be free of the judgments of society based on your gender. Mm -hmm. um, although feminism makes those judgments out of necessity because we live in a culture where, you know, people are being judged based on gender and, and you know, we're sort of trying to fight that. Um, ultimately, we want the conversation to end. Right. Yeah, like feminism, like shouldn't have to exist. Right. You know, it it, it exists because um, because it has to exist, um, regardless of what anybody any you know anti-feminist may say. But I don't know. That kind of makes me think of the issue of choice feminism. Mm -hmm. um, when we're talking about these contradictions and and like how we pin down what feminism is and where feminism falls in these in these different conversations and um, is is critiquing patriarchy to the point that you actually critique straight sex is that feminism because there is that that's a radical branch of feminism and then um you know there are uh you know lesbian separatist feminists who sort of maintain that women need to live apart entirely apart from men because men are just bad basically um and we just or not even that men are bad but that like men and women like cannot live together like there's no way for men and women to coexist and not have it be a patriarchal society so that's a very tiny 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 branch of the movement uh, but it exists and then um, there are more sort of traditional liberal feminists um, who you know who base their their feminist identity on uh, calls for um, equal opportunity that's what most people think of when they think of feminism but the point is there are all of these different kind of competing ideologies within the movement, which, which brings us to choice feminism, which is hugely problematic. And choice feminism is basically the idea that feminism in and of itself means that women can individually choose to label anything they do a feminist act, hmm. including things like choosing to be, like, like occupational segregation choosing to be in a lower paying job is a feminist act choosing to put yourself in a situation where you're subservient to a man is a feminist act just because you're a woman makes it a feminist act hmm. and that is so problematic what about cultural influences that you know a lot of times people think that they're making you know choices of their own volition mm -hmm. and in reality they're being influenced by different environmental factors, cultural factors, mm -hmm. financial factors. And every choice we make is mediated by those factors. Yeah, it's you know? pretty inescapable. Mm -hmm. You can't really pretend that you don't live within the cultural atmosphere mm -hmm. in which we exist. Mm -hmm. Let me put it this way. Um, to take as an example a woman having a baby and choosing to quit her job, that choice is different if you live in a society where mothers are supported more than in the United States. 
You know, there's no guarantee in any workplace that a woman will have maternity leave. There's no guarantee of childcare. Um, there's no guarantee in workplaces that women can even pump breast milk or breastfeed their babies. Mothers really aren't supported very much in America in relation to other countries in the West, other developed nations in the West. So a woman in, say, Denmark or France choosing to quit her job after having a baby, there's more power in that choice because she has more opportunity and she's going to, to parent that child differently because of the cultural circumstances around her, the social circumstances. So the quality of a choice is different. You can't say that in any circumstance, any woman making any choice makes that a feminist act. Right. Well, because what if you're like you're disempowering yourself by making and making that choice? Like, it, does that make it feminist? Like, if you're just t- taking power away from yourself, but it's something you're choosing to do. I think there is an argument to be made that choosing what to do with your own power, you know, has its own merits. It may be considered, you know, an act of power in and of itself. But I would certainly say that participating in a system uh, that disempowers women um, and doing that willingly, I, I would assume would almost definitely never be a feminist act. Because not only are you making decisions about yourself, but you are making decisions that af- that affect and contribute to a, a culture that affects other women mm-hmm. um, right. negatively. And that's one of the problems with choice feminism is that it, 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 it fixates on individual choices rather than like the larger culture and like the larger like the web of like women being connected to each other and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. Women as kind of a group and um, a class are devalued in choice feminism. Well, I think this actually ties in quite well to this next asshole that I wanted to talk about. Oh, no. Um, Go for it. What was his name again? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to pause? Dipshit. Dipshit drop. I'm promoting this All Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter movement only promotes racism and now they encouraging black people to go kill white people because they want white people to feel what we felt 400 years ago newsflash was you living 400 years ago no what's those you know what i'm saying was you born 400 years ago no so how you gonna let something in the past that you was that you never existed that you was never born in affect how you live your life today having that much influence over you today and I'm telling you the reason why I don't have a lot of black supporters. The reason why I don't have a lot of black supporters, I'm telling you the God honest truth. The reason why I don't have a lot of black supporters is because black people can't accept the truth about themselves. Ex-Marine Michael Goddamn Whaley. What a dipshit. A horrible person. I, I hate him. Um, he, I hate him more than he thinks I hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. He, he is uh, evil. He basically wants to uh, dismiss uh, the culture of racial, systematic racial oppression um, and pretend that the Black Lives Matter movement 
and just you know people upset about racism in general are focused on uh, events which occurred uh, 400 years ago and this is all you know I'm paraphrasing his mistaken position he uh, completely refuses to acknowledge the ongoing perpetual systematic racial oppression that exists today um, claiming that the Black Lives Matter movement is just promoting more racism because somehow acknowledging that racism exists is in itself a racial act. Uh, he's just really... If I'm not mistaken, he, he seems to think that Black Lives Matter is about revenge because he, he keeps referring really stupidly to 400 years ago as though, like, that was the last time there was any racism anywhere. And this is what chaps my ass. Like, I told Justin before we started recording that looking at everything this, this fucking ridiculous person has said has made me so mad. I want to take my coffee and my smoothie and my computer and the microphones and throw everything on the ground and just leave. <laughs> he, um, he said, Newsflash, were you born 400 years ago? And what he means by that, I assume, is that unless you were living 400 years ago, you're not experiencing racism, which, which that's clearly just nonsense. But he also, in saying something like that, is completely denying like the impact of history, period, on everything, as though each individual day is like its own unit, and there's no connection between like, you know, yesterday and today and tomorrow, and like, Things that happened 400 years ago, guess what, dude? They're resonating. That's how it works. That's how life works. Like, you record this bullshit, some of it, sitting in your car. You know the reason you have a car is that cars were slowly developed over time <laughs> uh, until now when you have one and you can sit in it and spew this crap. So, you know, that's that's what history is. History fucking resonates. And, and here's something that I think most people don't realize. Black identity... And culture in America are primarily shaped by oppression. Black American history begins with slavery and continues down the line of, um, you know, uh, sharecropping and Jim Crow and continued systematic oppression and is completely defined by those events and reactions to those events. Therefore, it is intrinsically, it's intrinsic to the black American experience and identity, and it cannot be ignored just because some amount of time has passed, um, especially without addressing the negative impact that it has and, um, that it has had and continues to have on every single black American, whether they are ignorant of it or not. Um, well, and he also, going back to what we were saying about the individual and about choice feminism, um, he, I, I just found this quote, I don't know which video this is from, where he starts talking about how we're all, res the individual is responsible for his or her own choices. And that seems to be part of his argument against Solidarity and against Black Lives Matter because apparently our choices have nothing to do with anything outside of ourselves. We're not influenced by culture. We're not influenced by other people. We're not influenced by history. Uh, we are only individuals in and of ourselves. 
making choices that are not informed by anything else. Right. And if you want to talk about personal responsibility and like your individual, um, like the, the individual nature of your choices, then you also have to think about how your choices are influencing your culture and oppressed people around you. And that is why Black Lives Matter is so necessary. That's why that movement is so necessary because to ignore, you know, police brutality uh, against African Americans or other minorities is to silently let that to uh, let that continue, and it is an abdication of a personal responsibility as an American as a black person as whoever you are existing in this society um, and it's it really is a responsibility that we all have um, and a debt that we all owe to each other as Americans who have perpetuated different forms of oppression throughout the centuries and continue to do so on a daily basis we have to think about it because we cannot there is no nothing we can do to escape perpetuating it or attempting to change it. You know, I wonder exactly what his, this guy's end game is. Like, what is motivating all of this stuff? And and I and I bring that up because I have to wonder how much of this he really believes. Um, and when you look at the the media outlets that are covering this, they are all conservative outlets that I assume are run by white people. Yeah. Every single website, every single publication, Fox News loves this guy. He's on all the time. Um, or he has, he has been. I don't know, like, I don't know if he's still a thing on Fox anymore. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's too dumb. Like, he's been on there a few times and, you know, they've had to cut him off because <laughs> he started to say something really stupid and they don't want to, you know, be revealed as these stupid you know, idiots. <laughs> it just I, seems like he's functioning solely in order to support conservative white media outlets. Yeah. And I, and that there's something about that that's so confusing to me. Um, I know that I, I maybe, I shouldn't be confused by it, but I just, it, it's, you know, and the, the tone in which they talk about him is weird because there's a story that I have in front of me um, that is very, um, very weird. Um, Michael Whaley is not cowed. He is not afraid. He continues to stand up for what he believes in, regardless of the choir of condemnation or personal attacks. It's almost like these white media outlets are framing him as a victim, like from, I don't know. It's like he's a martyr to, to, to white racism. I mean, they're, they're, they're almost like encouraging. I'm Why is that funny? I'm serious. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because like, you're, I think you're right, and it's it's you know, it's ridiculous. They keep framing him. They keep talking about these attacks. You know, like yeah. like they want him to be attacked by people. <laughs> like, you know, they're encouraging. He's their, He is their shield. That oh my is god! What he is. He's he their is. shield because when any any black person who is friendly with racists and you know people who want to ignore racism, any black person adjacent. To those people is used as a shield mm -hmm. it's it's like it's the same thing as uh you know a white person saying i can't possibly be racist because i have a white i mean i have a black friend or black friends they are using those individuals 
as shields um, against uh, allegations of racism. Um, and I think that many, many oppressed people have successfully been brainwashed uh, to brain, brainwashed against uh, acknowledging racism and you know brainwashed for the cause of protecting white people and white feelings at all costs. And he, this and guy, I I don't know if he knows that white people don't give a shit about him. I don't. They don't. I they don't, don't admire. So. I don't think they admire him personally. I don't think that they have a whole lot of respect for anything about him, including the fact that he's black. And um, this I find really interesting. So the video that we just watched, the first time that you watched it, I remember you started laughing and rolling your eyes when he said, and I'm quoting. The reason why I don't have a lot of, of supporters is because black people can't accept the truth about they self. That's how he <laughs> said it. Now, if you look at the story in front of me, look what they've done here. They 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 whitewashed his speech. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is a this is a what I'm looking at right now is a story on a conservative um it's um comdiginews.com. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful um name, URL name there very poetic um they corrected they self to themselves and they made no indication that it was correct no that yeah way. yeah there's there's no there's no um nothing like that and and i think it's because you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be michael whaley if you're gonna be the the shield like you have to be black but you can't be too black you can't right. be black enough that white people are confused by you or threatened <laughs> by you and I just, I was reading this and it really struck me as very telling about how he is being used by like the white conservative media. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, um, I mean, I really, I think this guy is just a major success story of, you know, white supremacy because the mindset is, I don't, I don't you mentioned earlier that, um, you wonder whether he knows that white people don't give a shit about him. And I think he doesn't really care because I, I think part of you know, having been influenced heavily by uh, the ideology of white supremacy is um, you you see superiority in white people. Um, so your focus is on white approval and that is where you get your value, whether, whether the white people care about you or not doesn't really matter as long as they approve of what you're doing as long as you impress them as long as you entertain them make them laugh defend oh. them whatever as long as you get at the end of the day you get that pat on the fucking head and your fucking chicken wing then <laughs> you're good and that's that's this guy and I fucking hate him he's Justin's new best friend I also feel sorry for him because mm -hmm. he's black and he's been brainwashed and you know it's not really his fault but fuck him Fuck him. Fuck you, Michael Whaley. <laughs> it's not an episode of The Unlucky Genius if we don't end it by yelling fuck you at someone. Or yeah. start it by yelling fuck you at someone. Or yeah. just do it throughout. Also, fuck Joe. Fuck just you, because, Joe. Just because, like, Joe is, is another guy who sucks. Fuck Joe. Fuck Joe and fuck Michael Whaley. We're going to build up. It's going to be another person we're gonna added have on a, to that on every episode. We're going to have a list of, mm -hmm. like, 
fuck yous at the end of every podcast, it seems. In, like, like instead of thank yous, we'll just have fuck yous. Exactly. Well, who, who do we have to thank? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we had recorded last week, Kim Davis probably would have been added to that. Yeah, and, um, and I think we should just... Uh, should I just throw her on there? Yeah, honor, honorarily yeah. add her. Fuck you, Kim. Fuck Kim Davis for many reasons. So... Some of which I can't address here. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, if I, if I were to answer that question, I would be addressing it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, Justin's going to be very mysterious about yeah just, about that. Let's just say let's just say fuck Kim Davis. Yeah, fuck fuck that bitch. Um, so I think we're going to sign off for this episode. We've yelled and 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 talked about race and feminism, our two favorite things. Yeah, and uh, we even you know talked a little bit about whatever the hell else we wanted to. Just the ocean versus Justin <laughs> fight over his shoes. Goddamn ocean. Maybe it's just a guy thing, but like, who travels with one pair of shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit the nail right on the head. Also, I, I only really have one pair of shoes that doesn't smell well. I had only <laughs> one pair of shoes that did not smell like mildew. Stinky Venice Beach <laughs> ocean water. You know how many bodies they find right like wash up on the oh beach there. Oh my god! I got like dead, like dead <laughs> fish and dead human body particles. Just like ah. Welcome to California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been the Unlucky Genius Podcast. Thanks uh, for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. And please give us some feedback and some love or some fucking hate. Because you know what? You can be added to our fuck you list if yeah, you would like. We are enthusiastic about the fuck you list. We are. Um, but yeah, tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us how much you loved or hated this episode. And we will... Um, maybe respond to you, maybe ignore you, because we don't really give a fuck what you think. Nope. Uh, see you later. I'm Justin Gudger. And I'm MSBs. Peace out. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 The nightman cometh. Y'all be making Uncle Charlie Day, man. I came to rumble. It's time to make Uncle Charlie pay. A reverend with confederates. Fuck your heritage. These Aryans view intelligent niggas as terrorists. What merit can you expect from someone born in a state with the right to carry heavy weapons comes before our education. That's why I'm sore and I'm angry. I'ma do more than just languish. I'll be the source of your anguish just like a thorn in your anus. That's why the base racist debaters proclaim a bait and race. They wanna shut me up, hide the truth, and have the debate erased. They court fascism like a battered spouse. Keep passing power to these savages acting devout. Ask for the flames and ashes and the flags on the ground. We have to relay with the passion that in fact the brown is Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin's up in the streets rotting. You ain't batting idols and body stepped on a piece of cotton. Hypocrite, got me reaching for the pistol grip. Shit, I know they'll kill me if I'm violent or I give them lip, but if I'm silent, probably still end up a hashtag. Only difference is I die wishing I had blasted back. That's why we rap blocks, trap thoughts, and crack. Cause niggas who rap thoughts, cops splatter on the blacktop. Just like any other nigga trapped up in this black box. So we might as well fill our coffers off this cash crop. While the cells in the coffins filled with black bodies. We pray our sales skyrocket like an astronaut. If we was kicking knowledge, we wouldn't be in the news. I see the niggas you pick for your little street interviews.
just like go in dry and just be like he's such a, he's just a piece of shit. <laughs> That's I'm guy. letting you take it. If you wanted to go in dry, then <laughs> fucking go in dry. 